He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. All right. I don't know what everybody else has been saying today, but my turn to jump in. So we have another hoax. We've been talking about this. But first things first, the International Bridge. Everybody's gone. Politico, all migrants are gone from the International Bridge. In Del Rio, Texas. Where did they go? Where did they all go? Well, it turns out there were 30,000 of them. 12,400 of them were released. And asked to please, pretty please, 60 days or so, can you come back for a hearing, a legal hearing, so we can make a determination about your status? And I'm sure Politico, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, Constipated News Network, and MSLSD, and all the rest of the reprobates are going to follow up on this in 60 days to find out exactly how many did come back for their legal hearing. I'll bet none of them come back. Because there's no consequences. They know that Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, and the other saboteurs, At one point, they're going to argue for amnesty. They know that we have amnesty in cycles in this country. Come, stay long enough. People will say, what are you going to do? Throw them out? They've been here 12 years. What are you going to do? Throw them out? They've got families here. What are you going to do? That's the game. That's the game. And rather than focus on the illegality of the illegal aliens and the illegality of this administration and the consequences to town after town, city after city in this country that are overwhelmed with illegal aliens, whether it's law enforcement or school systems or health care systems, because they're all going to be degraded. All of them. We just can't handle this. These violations of law, which are now righteous, apparently. We're supposed to focus on a couple of guys on horses. 
who did not do what they're accused of doing. The lying that takes place in this administration on the left, the push of racism is nonstop. They hate this country and they hate you, regardless of your race. They want things in a constant state of tumult and chaos and anarchy. So they could step in and take control, you see, whether it's the virus or the border or whatever it is. Joe Biden talks about these men in ways he doesn't even talk about the Taliban. It's incredible. We'll get back to them too. Taliban 2.0 is actually Taliban 1.0. 30,000, 12,400 are wandering around the country. Particularly in red and purple states. Gee, you've got to wonder how that happens. I think they should all be sent to Delaware. And particularly in camp encampments around the several Joe Biden ill-begotten mansions. Now, all the migrants are gone. Problem's done. Now let's focus on the, on the racist horsemen. I went and looked it up. Over half of the Border Patrol is made up of Latino Americans. Brave, heroic men and women who were doing everything they could to get food and water to these illegal aliens who were under the bridge, clothing, tents. They're overwhelmed. They're exhausted. They're exposed to one disease after another. They go home. Their families are exposed to one disease after another. Not a single question is posed to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Pasaki, about those men and women and their families and what they have to put up with. Not one. So now the Border Patrol goes the way of the Minneapolis police. Or the NYPD. Or the Los Angeles cops. Just another law enforcement agency to be attacked. Except, of course, the Washington Capitol Police. Who we know are the best police in the world and are not racist or anything else. Because, well, because they protect Nancy Pelosi. Now let's dig in on this. Again, I don't pretend to be playing these clips uniquely. I'm the cleanup hitter. I'm the last in line. But we do hit our grand slams. Here's Biden at the White House today. ABC's Rachel Scott. Cut one, go. You said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately end Trump's assault on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed? First of all, you're disrespectful. You're a reporter. I'm not a reporter. It's not Trump's assault. It's President Trump's. And it wasn't an assault on anybody. The mayhem you see on the border. The way little girls are molested. It's going on now. You may want to go down there, Rachel Scott of ABC News, and check things out for yourself. The way women are being treated. People are being kidnapped. And have been. And are forced to work for cartels and on and on. The coyotes. This is what's going on on our southern border. ABC News doesn't even cover it, except every in a blinkered way. Go ahead. 
And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding? Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me tell the Stalinist something. You don't say people will be pay will pay, and there will be consequences, but there's an investigation under the way. I'm sure all the civil adherents from the American Criminal Liberties Union and all the frauds and big tech and all the frauds and big media and all the frauds for all these left-wing kook websites and so forth, I'm sure they're very concerned about a president of the United States saying there will be a price to pay, that these people will pay. Meanwhile, there's an investigation underway. Any concern about the inf- <coughs> excuse me, the influence Biden's had? Biden. I'm not a reporter. Biden. Dummy. Any concern about his influence over that investigation? This is why this Marxist totalitarian mindset that spews out of this guy's limited vocabulary is unbelievable. There's not a single eyewitness who has said that a single Haitian was whipped. There's not a single eyewitness who has said that the horsemen for the Border Patrol had whips. Not one, because they didn't. There's not a single eyewitness who said that they were using the horses to run over Haitians. None of that ever happened. The fact is, That the American propaganda organizations, phony journalists, that Joe Biden, who's been huddled in his basement for decades, I think has turned out. I wonder if anyone's buried there. But that's a whole other story. All these northeastern liberals, all these phony, corrupt journalists, they have no idea how the border is secured. They have no idea what a horse looks like. What a Border Patrol horse rider looks like, what they use, the tactics they use. They look, oh, this is slavery. Oh, my God, this, this must be slavery. Did you see the Haitians who got violent when they were sent back to Haiti? Now, why did they get violent when they got sent back to Haiti rather than coming to America, where apparently we practice slavery? The media in America are doing more to destroy this country than any other force. Any other force. They are loaded with these American Marxists. They are loaded with them. And they lie and they propagandize and it does not matter. As you no doubt have heard all day long, because I saw it this morning, about the pictures. The pictures were, quote, misconstrued as whipping. The photographer said, You have a Border Patrol agent on a horse. You have him using what I'll call the lasso to control the horse. You have the, the illegal Haitian immigrant running. So you see the lasso is to the side of the illegal immigrant Haitian. And so the photo makes it look like he's being whipped. But he wasn't being whipped. And the media today and the administration today is still saying 
that the photos show something that never happened. The photographer, New York Post, who captured the controversial images of Border Patrol agents using horses to keep Haitian migrants from entering the U.S., says the images have been misconstrued as showing abusive behavior. So this guy was there. He took the photos. The agents depicted in the photos have been accused of using their horse reins to whip the migrants to prevent them from crossing the Rio Grande. What do we think this is? The Taliban whipping American citizens or young women? No. An investigation into the situation is ongoing, but photographer Paul Radijay says he never saw the agents whip anyone. He said some of the Haitian men started running, trying to go around the horses, and that's kind of when the whole thing happened. I didn't ever see them whip anybody with the thing, he said, of the reins. He was swinging it, but I didn't see him actually take, whip somebody with it. That's something that can be misconstrued when you're looking at the picture. This is an eyewitness. This is an eyewitness. But it doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. The truth does not matter. You cannot be an American Marxist, a radical leftist, an extremist, without being a full-blown pathological serial liar. You have to lie about everything. You have to lie about the economic system you promote. You have to lie about balancing budgets and pay, pay-fors. You have to lie about American history. You have to lie about systemic racism. You have to lie, and you have to lie all the time. But Kamala Harris showed up on The View with the Yentas. Except two of the Yentas, it turns out, have uh, the coronavirus. And so they had to chase them off. And then they put the vice president in a, uh, I don't know, a padded cell where she did a virtual interview. And Kamala Harris, who's supposed to be in charge of the border, who's supposed to be in charge of what's going on, looking at the actual sources of it. Well, here's what she said. Cut to go. We've been discussing those disturbing images of U.S. Border Patrol agents on horseback, inhumanely corralling Haitians at the Texas border. And you've been tasked with immigration. How do you what do you how do you explain this? Well, first of all, I've been very clear about the images. What are the, the if you know the facts, why are the pictures disturbing? If you know the truth from the photographer, why are the pictures disturbing? They're disturbing if you continue to lie about them. Go ahead. Both saw of those law enforcement officials on horses. I, I, I was outraged by it. I, it was horrible and, um, and, and deeply troubling. There's been now an investigation that is being conducted, which I fully support, and there needs to be consequence and accountability. Okay, uh, there's it, an investigation. What if there doesn't need to be consequence and accountability? What if they didn't do anything? Like the photographer said, you're nowhere near the damn border. Neither is that Neanderthal who pretends he's president of the United States. Go ahead. Being should not be treated that way, and as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history. No, it didn't. Had nothing to do with slavery. Nobody was whipped. Nobody was run over by horses. Why are you a liar? Why do you keep lying? Why do you keep lying? Biden keep lying. The media keep lying. The Democrat Party keep lying. Media matters keep lying. Why do you fools 
You sickening propagandists keep lying. Nothing happened. Nothing. By the people who were there. And yet it's time to what? To destroy these men. And matter of fact, eliminate all horses. Which is used often, we're told, by the Border Patrol to save people's lives. I'll be right back. in. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. I don't remember Latinos having slaves in the United States. Do you, Mr. Producer? With over 50% of the Border Patrol being American Latinos, Latino Americans. It's sick the way they talk. Sick. So those pictures are worse than slavery. And January 6th is worse than 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. This is the propaganda. These are the big lies that they keep pushing and they're going to keep pushing. Now... Kamala Harris, as my understanding, she was the Attorney General of the state of California, the highest, the highest law enforcement official in the state. Does she not understand due process? Which she throws out the window? Literally. So these Border Patrol agents are guilty? Why aren't the media showing us other photos like what's going on? in these various encampments with little girls and little boys down on the southern border. Why aren't they showing us what's going on with the women being raped and the little kids being molested? Why aren't they showing us what's going on with the cartels and the coyotes and all the rest? Where are all those photos, ladies and gentlemen? Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. The news is what the Democrat agenda is, ladies and gentlemen. And if you dare to question it, you're going to be attacked. It's the nature of the beast. Here's Media Matters for America, a Democrat party and American Marxist surrogate. Paid for by dark money behind the scenes, billionaires and millionaires. You remember how much time I spent last night, the first hour, how careful I was explaining in great detail what I viewed as the, the racist attack on this country? So here's the headline from Media Matters. Fox host Mark Levin brags that he's been spreading the white nationalist replacement conspiracy theory for 12 years. What white nationalist replacement conspiracy theory? 
So when I say what the Democrats say, what their academics say, what their media say all the time, or what their goal is, or what they're striving towards, in a rational, thoughtful way, I'm now spreading the white nationalist replacement conspiracy theory. These are the hemorrhoids of human society. Media matters, media organizations like that. They're the hemorrhoids of American society. There's more I'd like to say, but I better not. And so you always risk these kinds of big lie assaults that the communists, the fascists are really good at but I don't care because I have a platform and I can push back and I shall and we will and we're going to talk about something else I'm not supposed to talk about very shortly too and that is what took place in Arizona what took place in Arizona Mr. Producer All right, over at PJ Media, another great site. Matt Margolis is a sharp dude. Ignore the mainstream media. Here's what the 2020 Maricopa County election audit actually says. Now, somebody told me, so I went and did something I rarely do. I went to the Drudge Report. Big red headlines. That this audit actually found that Biden got more votes rather than less. Because Drudge has a problem with reading comprehension. And he gets very excited, orgasmic, when he can attack people he doesn't like. That's why nobody goes there anymore. A draft copy of the 2020 Maricopa County, Arizona election audit has been leaked to KJZZ, a Phoenix-based radio station. The validity of the draft report they obtained was confirmed by audit spokesman Randy Pullen, who said it's not the final report, but it's close. The media are already spinning the findings of the audit, like Drudge, Quote, the partisan review of Maricopa County's 2.1 million ballots in the 2020 election fund a vote count nearly identical to what the county had previously reported, said CNN. They're worried about partisanship? That's pretty funny. CNN? Like other liberal outlets say, right? CNN focused on the results of the hand recount part of the audit. As we know, hand recounts may account for slight discrepancies in counting but do not address irregularities or potentially illegal cast ballots. Got that? That's why CNN focused on that. That's why Drudge regurgitated it. They're playing with the stats. So let's look into what the audit actually says, says uh, Margolis. What has been found, this is a quote, what has been found is both encouraging and alarming, the report summary reads, On the positive side, there were no substantial differences between the hand count of the ballots provided and the official canvas results for the county. But the summary concludes, and I quote, However, while it's encouraging for voters, it does not allay all the concerns. None of the various systems related to elections had numbers that would balance and agree with each other. In some cases, these differences were significant. There appears to be many ballots cast from individuals who had moved prior to the election. Files were missing from the, electron, from the election management system EMS server. Ballot images on the EMS were corrupt or missing. Logs appeared to be intentionally rolled over, 
and all the data in the database related to 2020 general election have been fully cleared. On the ballot side, batches were not always clearly delineated. Duplicated ballots were missing the required serial numbers, originals were duplicated more than once, and the auditors were never provided chain of custody documentation for the ballots for the time period prior to the ballots movement into the auditor's care. This all increased the complexity and difficulty in properly auditing the results and added ambiguity into the final conclusions. Now, does that sound like a clean bill of health, Mr. Producer? The audit team faults Maricopa County officials, Democrats, for not cooperating with the audit, but of course they're not partisan, right, CNN, which would have resolved many of these obstacles. It says, by the county withholding subpoenaed items, their unwillingness to answer questions as is normal between auditor and auditee, and in some cases actively interfering with the audit research, the county prevented a complete audit, the summary explains. This didn't stop the primary goal of offering recommendations for legislative reform to the Arizona Senate, because the Senate uh, initiated the audit. But it did leave many questions open as to the way and manner the 2020 general election was conducted. As a result, while many areas of concern were specifically identified, our full audit results validating the 2020 general election are necessarily inconclusive. Somebody send this to Chris Christie, the Cape Mayorka. While the media are claiming that the audit report confirms Biden's victory, it does not, writes PJ Media Margolis. He says there are sufficient discrepancies among the different systems that, in conjunction with some of our findings, suggest that the delta between the presidential candidates is very close to the potential margin of error for the election, the audit summary explains. Why do these matter? Because according to the state-certified results, Biden barely won the state by 10,457-vote margin. I can tell you, if this were a Bush, one of the Bushes, this would matter. It would matter to Chris Christie. It would matter to all the rhinos and establishment repubes. The tiny margin of victory in the state-certified results means that these discrepancies are very troubling. There were 42,727 impacted ballots ranked as high or critical severity. That's four times the certified margin of victory. Now, if you include medium severity discrepancies, there were 53,214 impacted ballots. That means more than five times the certified margin of victory. Overall, there were 57,734 impacted ballots. These findings don't prove fraud, but certainly demonstrate the potential for fraud, and these impacted ballots have not been vetted. So they say, has Biden's victory been pro- has Biden's victory been proven? Margolis wrote, not in the least. The truth is, we'll never know the truth about how many ballots were impacted. The mainstream media knows this, which is why deep down in CNN's report about the audit, it laments that the draft report quote shows the cyber ninjas and their subcontractors are still seeking ways to cast out on the election unquote, pointing to the thousands of ballots that were flagged. The bottom line, the number of ballots impacted by discrepancies far exceeds Biden's margin of victory in the state. Both sides of this debate will claim the report validates their position, but in truth, without proper vetting of the impacted ballots, we'll never know if the election results were legitimate. And that's because the Democrats in Maricopa County wouldn't respond to questions and subpoenas. If they have nothing to hide, why not? 
Even if the audit was able to investigate these ballots and determine that enough fraud occurred to alter the results, it's too late to change the election results, he writes. The fake news is lying about the Arizona audit report, Donald Trump said in a statement. The leaked report conclusively shows there were enough fraudulent votes, mystery votes, fake votes, to change the outcome of the election four or five times over. Trump also noted the number of potentially fraudulent votes as many more times than the so-called margin of victory, which was only 10,457. Now, I would ask CNN, MSNBC, I would ask the broadcast platforms and radio and TV. I would ask the Kate May Orca, Paul Ryan, and their ilk. I would ask them all, do you dispute these numbers? What about this audit is inaccurate? Have you read the audit? Does it not concern you that the Maricopa County Democrats wouldn't assist in the audit? Does it not concern you the number of issues that were raised? I'm not saying who won or lost. I'm just saying we're going to have future elections in the state of Arizona, by my calculation. Should we get to the bottom of these things in these states? Apparently not. Russia collusion, baby. That's it. Cover up Hunter Biden's ties to the communist Chinese and his own father. That's it, baby. Cover up Hillary Clinton and her corruption. That's right. Raise all the questions you want. Phony, lying questions about the 2016 election. But 2020? Shh. Despite tens of millions in dark money. Despite the Perkins Coie law firm. Despite Mark Eliasson, Mark Sussman. Despite all of them, the use of the FBI and the intelligence agencies. Despite Comey and McCabe and the other reprobates. No. Do not even look at an audit that was done in Arizona. Because then you're a crazy. You might even be a white nationalist. But you certainly won't fit into the Bush clan. Or be invited to the endless dinner table that we call the Chris Christie meeting. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Al Sharpton shows up on the morning schmo show. Where's my music? On the morning schmo show, just in the background. Al Sharpton shows up on the morning show, schmo show. Oh, I almost said a curse word there. And uh, what does he have to say? Cut nine, go. Do you want them to stop the deportations? We d- uh, d- I said that yesterday in our press briefing that we said that, and Patrick Gaspard, along with Reverend Freddie Haynes and Gerald Bryant, were part of our delegation. And we called on that there. I talked to the... Uh, Why am I having trouble man? understanding this man? Is he speaking... Go ahead. Said that to him there. They must stop immediately the deportations and define <clears throat> what is the asylum policy. Why don't you read it, you schmuck? It's in the law. Can you read? Read it, you jerk. We know what the asylum requirements are. We know what refugees are. We've been doing this a long time in this country. And we know what illegal aliens are. 
regardless of who they are, you jerk. So he's stopped the deportations. This is the position of the Democrat Party. Open borders. Kill the Border Patrol. Investigate them. Punish them before you even have an investigation. Destroy ICE. Turn them into nursemaids. That's right. That's how you do it. And then open borders. Everybody's welcome. Come on in. And make sure you come back in 60 days for your legal proceeding. Oh, okay. I sure will. And over 95% of them never do. Does Al Sharpton and his ilk, do they care about this country? Do they love this country? Hell no. But MSNBC, which is part of NBC, which is owned by Comcast, and sleazeballs like the morning schmo show, promote this jerk, this reprobate. That's right, I said it. By the way, has he paid his taxes this year? I'm just curious. No accusation, of course. But look how the Democrats rehabilitate these sleazeballs. The way he treated Jews, the way he treated other people, what he said about his own country. Now look, he's a mainstream, whatever it is, host, quasi-host on MSNBC. Look at Joy Reid. Her social media filled with homophobic slurs. Now look. She's got a primetime show on MSNBC. And notice it's MSNBC even more than CNN. Incredible. They sound like white nationalists to me. Neo, Neo-Nazis, maybe? Klansmen? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I'd like to encourage you to watch Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. It's a really special one. Listen to these two guests. Peter Ducey is our first guest. And Lawrence Jones is our second guest. These are two young men who are really terrific. Peter Ducey is a real journalist, as you well know. And so I talked to him about a little bit about his background, how he got interested in this sort of thing, and how it's what it's like being part of the press pool, how he's treated, how they treat him, what he feels like, you know, when he gets non-answers and so forth. It's very intriguing. And the second guest is uh, Lawrence Jones. And he's, he's really quite remarkable, too. And uh, you know how I do the show. I ask a question, and I let the guest answer. Well, you're going to learn a lot about both of these men. Lawrence Jones is a very deep thinker. Uh, about philosophy and about current events and so forth. Very impressive. And Peter Ducey's very, very impressive. He's a real journalist, an old-school journalist, a real pro. And so I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. Now, I have the opening monologue in which I pound the hell out of the Democrats and Biden for what they're about to do to this country next week. So if you can't watch it live, I hope you'll DVR it. But I think you're really going to get a kick out of it. I think you're going to find it quite intriguing. I think you're going to like it. So uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Time this Sunday. 
If you can't watch it live, I hope you can. I hope you'll DVR it if you cannot. Joe Biden at the White House today. This is very important. I want you to listen to this. Cut 11, go. And I know I always kid you when you all ask me about, well, what about are you going to get A done, B done, C done? Well, I say uh, you want to negotiate. I'm being a bit facetious, obviously, but here's the deal. This is going to end up, I believe, we're going to end up getting both the pieces of my economic legislation. The first piece, the 1.9, fundamentally changed the structure and the nature of the economy in this country. Even though, remember... All right, stop right there. Did anybody vote to fundamentally change the structure and the nature of the economy in this country? I'm quoting. To fundamentally change the structure and the nature of the economy in this country. They're doing with 50-50 in the Senate, even split... They have a three, or by some calculations, four-vote majority in the House, the smallest in a century. Think about this. And he wants to, quote, fundamentally change the structure and the nature of the economy in this country. Who does he represent? Did those words pass his preposterous lips during any time in the campaign? By the way, does he even have lips, Mr. Bedusa? Have you noticed that? He's got the lips of a chicken, meaning no lips. But who am I to judge? Anyway, fundamentally change the structure and the nature of the economy. That's the first one, his first piece of legislation. And this goes to the other point. Even if they get the $3.5 trillion, which I've been telling you all along is actually $5.5 trillion, it is insane. It's unimaginable that these frauds and freaks and phonies have control of this economy with a tied Senate, and I blame that on McConnell. We lost those Senate seats in Georgia because he picked two mannequins. He and Rove got behind these mannequins, and of course they blame Trump and conservative. No, it's them. They're like Biden, the way they complain. No, it wasn't us, it was Trump, Biden. It wasn't me, it was Trump. You know, Chris Christie. Ah, it's Trump! Anyway, let's start this from the top, because he's exposed what's going on here. This isn't a spending bill. You know, this is supposed to be a budget bill. The scrap that they have in this thing, the wish list of the kooks and the unhinged, of the Paul Krugman Krugmans of the world. It's just unbelievable. Start from the top, please. Cut 11, go. And I know I always kid you when you all ask me about, well, what about are you going to get A done, B done, C done? Uh, dummy, what? dummy. People try to ask you questions all the time and you just shuffle off. So I know I kid you all the time. It's not all the time. It's a rarity. Go ahead. You want to negotiate. I, I'm being a bit facetious, obviously, but here's the deal. This is going to end up, I believe, we're going to end up getting both the pieces of my economic legislation. The first piece, the 1.9, fundamentally changed the structure and the nature of the economy in this country. Even though, remember, it got clobbered. It was this, all oh, this terrible thing. No Republican voted for it. Well, we got ec- real economic growth. Now, what it, you, t- you sound like Sharpton, you're such an idiot. Or he sounds like you. 
the hell are you talking? We got real economic growth. We were having economic growth. We don't get economic growth by massive deficit spending, redistribution of wealth to the Democrat Party base and the teacher unions and the reprobates and everybody. That doesn't create economic growth. This idiot knows nothing about economic growth. He didn't spend one day of his life in the private sector. Go ahead. Stalemate at the moment. And we're going to have to get these two pieces of legislation passed. No, we don't. What is the necessity of this? Because some people want freebies, a lot of freebies. They want free child care. No, you pay for your own damn child care. They want free nursery school to kindergarten. No, you pay for your own nursery school to kindergarten. They want free two years community college. Free. Free. Free family leave for 12 weeks. And this is, you see, this is, this is what creates economic growth. This guy's a dumbass. He's a moron. Everything he touches, as I say, turns to you know what. And he's telling you right here, he wants to fundamentally change the structure and the nature of the economy. He's a head case. He's a head case. But that's what they're going to do. You remember, during the campaign, they put out, he and uh, Sanders, Bernie the Red. Remember they put out 110, 120-page, their kind of communist manifesto with all the changes they were going to make and so forth. Remember that, Mr. Producer? I quoted from it often. I, I talked about it a lot and showed it on Levin TV, on uh, Fox, behind this microphone. They basically slapped a cover page on it and stuck it in this bill. Oh, they wanted amnesty in this bill. The parliamentarian, who's been pretty lousy, actually, even she said, no, you're not allowed to do it. It's a spending bill. Oh, what are you? we're very disappointed. Oh, my God. They want to change our voting system. They want to give uh, amnesty to millions and millions and millions of people. And not only that, to keep the borders open effectively for another 10 years under this bill. That effectively is what it would do. You've had no say in this. You have no transparency in this. I spent the better part of this morning digging in the internet to see for an explanation of exactly what's in this bill. There's a couple things I want you to know. Number one. There is no such explanation. Almost all the news articles say the same thing. Platitudes that are very supportive of Biden and the radical Marxist Democrats, in very general terms, talking about the taxes and talking about the massive expansion of the welfare state. If you want specifics, if you want a list, detailed, you can't find it. And that is due... Number two, in part to the fact they haven't finalized the bill. So we know a lot of what's in it. We don't have all the particulars. We don't have all the details. We have the generalities, which are bad enough. And we don't have the bill. And this bill is supposed to be voted on next week. So they are undermining. They're destroying the whole notion of representative government. They take polls on how popular this is and how popular that is. It depends on how you... Hey, would you like free health care? Absolutely! If it meant the quality of your health care would go down, you won't be able to see the doctor as much as you want, the R&D spent on new pharmaceuticals for, 
for a cutting edge drugs in order to address cancer and diabetes and also that that would be cut by 60 percent. 60 percent is the estimate. Would you support it then? No. See, it depends how they answer. They ask the question. So a lot of these polling companies are also in the tank. Not all, but a lot. And so they're going to vote on an omnibus bill. Oh, it's omnibus. Omnibus. When you hear the word omnibus, that means you're not going to ever know what's in it. They don't go through subcommittees and then committees. There's no real public debate over these things. The media are not really giving you details about what's going on and what's in there. You can't get into the Capitol if your life depended on it. You can't get in there. You can't lobby. And what are you going to lobby about? Who are you going to call about what? And so this isn't representative government in action. This is a centralized effort. And they do this in the, in the name of the people, by the way. The people want this. They want this free this and this. Just get the rich, the rich, the rich, the rich. Let me ask you something. Why do you even care about the rich? Why do you care about the rich? Let's get into some basic ideas here, some basic thinking. Why do you care what the guy next door does as long as it's not immoral or illegal? Why do you care? You don't. If the guy next door makes $12,000 or $12 billion, why does it matter? It doesn't. And the guy making $12 billion next door, gee, what must that guy be doing to make $12 billion? Well, he must be doing something right because people want his services, they want his products, they want whatever he's doing. And those people are you. But what does it matter? Oh, we got the rich against the poor. Unless you believe we are a federal government-centric society, which we're not. We're a constitutional republic. Unless you believe you exist as a servant of the federal government, the Democrats and the bureaucrats, and you're not, you're a citizen. Unless you believe all income, all productivity belongs to the federal government that gets to determine how to redistribute it and who should get what and what's fair and what's not fair. And you don't believe that. Then why do you care? What's all this class warfare crap? Pay your fair share. Turns out Joe Biden didn't. He skipped on about half a, half a, tri- uh, half a million dollars. Your fair share. Your fair share is 60% of what you earn. Local, state, federal, income, property, God knows what other taxes. Who decides what your fair share is? Do people want to steal your money? The Democrats, the bureaucrats, they decide what the fair share is. The massive redistribution of wealth to people who pay no taxes or minimal taxes in this country is so huge, we've never seen anything like it before. Trillions and trillions of dollars. And we're also spending an enormous amount of your hard taxpayer dollars, the money you earn every day getting up early in the morning, going home in the evening, to subsidize Biden and the Democrat Party's base, the teachers' unions, the bureaucrats, and anybody else who supports the Democrat Party. This is redistribution of wealth from those who produce it to the Democrats, in many respects. I'll be right back. in.
Now let's continue with this economic issue and Biden and how they play you. How they play you. They threw out a few code words out. Billionaires. Fair share. And they think that you will acquiesce to what is a massive Marxist um, redo of the American economy. And that you'll be willing to surrender your own liberty, your own property, your own income to get the billionaires. Cut 12. Go. Look, you... Uh, um uh, if you if you get a uh, if you file with a W two oh, form, um, you know the uh, the IRS has access to your bank account, and your bank tells you how much you made, what you have in there, and you know, and, and they estimate your tax. Well, if you ha- if you have no income, you're just it's all uh, if you have no earned income, and it's all investment income, it's hard to figure out what the hell you excuse me what the heck you have. And that's why we have to, and I know some people don't like this, that's why we have to rehire some IRS agents. Not and- some agents. He wants to hire 85,000. This guy's such a liar. You know, some 12, maybe 50, no, tens of thousands. And what does giving the IRS the power to track your income flow, money that comes into your accounts or money you spend in PayPal or Venmo or whatever it is, or more that flows in or that you spend. The IRS has a right to snoop on you. Is that attacking billionaires, ladies and gentlemen? This is a war on you. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a war on you. The open borders, it's a war on you. The murder rates going through the roof, that's a war on you. Inflation, deficit spending, that's a war on you, your children, and generations yet born. Listen, listen, please. Those of you who have American Marxism, you got this. Those of you who have been listening for a while, you understand this. You cannot transform a society by transforming the billionaires and the poorest of the poor. You've got to get your hands around the throats of the middle class. Quote, unquote, the masses, as they like to call you. That's what they have to do. That's what they have to do. Now, you can have revolutions from the top or the bottom. True, mostly from the top. But if you want to transform the society, you have to control the masses. You have to control the middle class. You have to control average, hardworking Americans. And that's what this is all about. Despite all the talk about billionaires and only, only people over 400,000. and on, It's you. They want you. They want your community. They want to control your entitlements, your benefits. They want to change the nature of citizenship. They want to undermine law enforcement, which harms you, not them. They hire private cops, for God's sakes. It's you. Go ahead. Do anything not to try to make people pay something they don't know. Can't you talk like a normal person, you idiot? You mumble through your propaganda. This guy talks about economics. A senator, a vice president, a president. That's it. He talks about economics. What the hell does he know about economics? Not a damn thing. Go ahead. Step up. Step up and pay like everybody else. What do you mean, step up, you a-hole? May I say that with all due respect? You're the one who didn't pay your taxes. Step up. Step up. Step up. Pay your taxes. Step up. Right, Dr. Jill? Step up. You step down, you schmuck. Go ahead. I really mean this. And look at my whole career. And I ah, come shut from... up. Your career sucks. 
Step up, step up. Got my multi-million dollar mansions. I got this kid. He's a chip off the old block. Cutting deals with communist China and Ukraine and God knows who else. Of course, he's not slipping me any money. Ignore that email. That's right. Step up, everybody. Step up. Step down, you jerk. I'll be right back. Love him or hate him or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. You know, how dare the supporters of Biden and his mouthpieces criticize Donald Trump? Biden has no class. He has no mind. He has no knowledge. He's been a street thug politician his entire life. He's accomplished nothing, and yet he was dragged into the vice presidency. He's in the Oval Office. He's humiliating himself and our country. Unbelievable. And I see this, this Nancy Pelosi Politburo, mostly run by Adam Schiff, some of the other sleazeballs, Swalwell, I believe, by the way, if you're married to somebody like Swalwell, how do you stay married to them? Mr. Producer, would your wife stay married to you if you were cheating on, on her? Would your wife stay married to you if you were cheating with a communist Chinese spy? What is with these politicians? It's, 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 it's really unbelievable. Or what's with these women? It's an amazing thing. Now, all that said, there we have Liz Cheney. There we have Adam Kingsinger. They want to get to the bottom of this insurrection, boy. Of course, it's been investigated by the FBI. They're dragging people out of homes all over the country. 600 people have been arrested and charged, almost all with misdemeanors, ultimately. we got to get this in. This is the worst attack in America we've ever seen. I did a whole show here on violent attacks against the Capitol building by the left. And their terrorist domestic movements. In fact, by one of Barack Obama's best friends, Bill Ayers. And how most of these people were pardoned by Democrats. Jimmy Carter, Clinton, Obama, and so forth. Nobody wants to investigate that. No, no, this is the worst attack on the Capitol building ever since the Civil War, for God's sakes. Now, Liz Cheney has become a cause celeb in her own mind. Adam Kingsinger, he's always been kind of a stupid ass, to be honest with you. But Liz Cheney. And George W. Bush is going to do a fundraiser for her. And Carl Rove is going to do a fundraiser for her. I didn't know we were allowed to do fundraisers. But I guess so. They're going to do a fundraiser for, for Cheney. She's already raised $1.5 million from the rhinos, the ruling class, the losers. But we're going to defeat Trump and the Trumpets. We're going to defeat them. We're going to fight again. 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. Perhaps more. Liz Cheney, what is her base? George W., what is his base? You know, they tell me, don't challenge the election. 
What was Bush versus Gore in the United States Supreme Court but a challenge of an election? Oh, that's different, you know. Yes, it's different. That's a bush. Care if it's a bush, it's a tree. I don't care. As Jesse Jackson once said, let let out the bushes. Remember that, Mr. Medusa? Nobody knew what the hell he was talking about. I never knew what he was But I'm all for it. Let out the bushes, or whatever he said. The bushes were angry that Reagan won. They thought they had the right to the presidency. And yet Reagan was very kind to that family. The bushes, I guess they won two elections. Maybe Al Gore was right. Maybe, maybe George W. Bush didn't win. This is why his surrogates in the media hate my guts. And I don't much like them either. To be perfectly honest with you. I don't like them either. Look, I don't mean to punish you on a Friday, but I keep the foot pedal down on the gas here. And so we have the economic genius that is Joe Biden. Now I want you to think, just step back a second, put politics aside. If you have a guy... How shall I put this? If you have a guy that doesn't even know what to do in the restroom, can I put it that way? He walks into the restroom. He thinks it's, uh, thinks it's the living room. He walks into walls. Shuffles around. Won't take questions. And he's president of the United States. Thank you, media. Thank you, Democrat Party. That guy wants to change the economy. Remember Professor Erwin Corey, the comic that played the nutty professor? That's Joe Biden, but he's playing himself. And we're going to turn the whole economy over to him? And AOC? Here's Biden at the White House today. Cut 13, go. We talk about price tags. It is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying. We're going to pay for everything we spend. Now, let's just stop. That is provably a lie. Period. You have independent organizations that aren't of the right or the left, and some left of center who say that's not true. Because if they have to pay for everything they spend, your taxes, well, you'd be working for the federal government. You'd be working for the federal government. Now, what this, what this guy's doing is destroying the future for all the generations that are behind us. I wrote another book, you know, called Plunder and Deceit. About 300,000 of you have that book. Check it out. Joe Biden is a child abuser. He's a baby abuser. He's abusing future generations. He's spending wealth that they have yet to create. And yet when we're dead and gone, when this generation is dead and gone, Those kids and grandkids and future generations yet born, they're going to have to work their asses off to pay for what we've already spent. Now, I wish there were pictures we could show of this, like on the border with the horsemen. I wish we could show photos of it, but we can't. Because it doesn't work that way. Of all the future impoverishment and the enormous burden that we're placing on these generations yet born. I mean, this has to be the most selfish generation, those who support this stuff, in American history. 
And what of the parents who live now? Do they not care? Do they not care? The grandparents who vote for this crap, do they not care? What, they don't think it's going to happen? That the laws of economics don't kick in just because it's Joe Biden and the Democrats? Of course it kicks in. Just because you listen to or read Svengali's like Paul Krugman? Krugman? Listen to this guy. He can barely burp through his his lines. Go ahead. So it's not, you know, people, understandably, well, you know, it started off at $6 trillion, now it's $3.5 trillion, now it's going to be $2.9 It's going to be zero. What do you mean zero. it started off at $6 trillion? Maybe it started off at $100 trillion. Just because somebody is unhinged, you clown, doesn't mean it started off at $6 tri- Are you kidding me? The trillions of if they get what they want, we're talking about tens of trillions of dollars. Now, that may not sound like anything, because it's hard to wrap your mind around that. But maybe this will help. Poverty. Massive inflation. The price of goods going through the roof. The lack of goods. You won't even have toilet paper to wipe yourself. That's what we're talking about. May I say? I think I did. Go ahead. Zero, because in the in that plan that I put forward, and I said from the outset... First of all, idiot, you didn't put forward a plan. You're too stupid to even read your plan. It was a plan put by all the little circle-jerk Marxists around you. May I say that? I think that's okay. That's clean, right, Mr. Producer? Of course it is. They're jerks. That's what they are. Go ahead. That I'm running to change the dynamic of how the economy grows. I'm tired so of... He's, tr- he's changing the economy, he said earlier, remember? Now he wants to change the dynamic of how the... This guy's a mental case. I mean, he's going to change the dynamic of how the economy grows. First of all, he's going to kill the economy. Secondly, nobody has this kind of power. He is... He's delusional. Go ahead. The trillionaires and billionaires are doing very, very well. Now, wait, wait, wait. Who's a trillionaire? What trillionaires? In plural yet. Yeah, the, the, the trillionaires and billionaires are doing very, very well. How about all the adults who are on the government payroll? Or on the welfare state? To me, they seem to be doing very well, too. Ladies and gentlemen, if we have trillionaires in this country, and they're playing by the rules, Okay. They don't affect me. I don't have to subsidize them. Unless they're part of the federal leviathan, and that's how they make their money, but I'm talking about the others. On the other hand, people who have their hands in my pocket, that's the problem. Now, who are the real robber barons in this country? Who are the real robber barons in this country? It's not this corporation or that corporation or that trillionaire or that trillionaire. It's Biden. It's the Marxist stooges. It's Schumer. It's Pelosi. It's them. They're the robber barons. They want to steal from you. You're hard-earned money. I want you to understand this. I've talked about this before. The idea of labor. And the idea of property. Labor comes in several forms. But generally speaking, it's intellectual and it's physical. 
I thought this through. I wrote about it in Liberty and Tyranny over a decade ago. You have physical and intellectual, mental labor. Obviously, you need both. But sometimes you emphasize one over another. Fine. But what is that physical and mental labor? What does that mean? As a human being, you have the ability to do some physical things and you have the ability to do things with your brain. And when you do those things, your labor, your labor belongs to you. Somebody will pay you for it, for your services, for your intelligence, for your physical, or whatever it is. They pay you for this. And you spend a certain percentage of the day, of the week, of the month, of your life using your personal, physical, and intellectual labor, producing, providing. When the government says you are earning too much by using your personal labor, and I'm going to take a whole bunch of it away from you and give it to somebody else who I believe deserves it more, they are taking away from you. Listen, this is the killer part. They are taking away from you aspects of your actual life that you committed to creating this labor. They are taking from you what you have created during the course of your life. We always talk about this in economic terms. I want you to think about it in human terms. They always talk about this person needs this, and in America nobody should starve, and blah, blah. You, you are an individual human being who creates, who produces, using your hands, using your mind, whatever. And when somebody comes in and says, I'm taking 40% of that, they've just taken away 40% of what you created during the day, during the month, during the year. They've taken away your labor, your life in that regard, the commitment of your life, your work. And to have a damn fool who steps in like this, who's been on the public dole his entire life, and says, I'm tired of trickle down. Hey, this guy doesn't pay his fair share and everything else. These are platitudes. These are stereotypes. This isn't reality. This is an attack on individual liberty. This is an attack on unalienable rights. The central government wants to control your labor. Therefore, it wants to control you. And you, it wants to control your life. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I have a treat for you during hour three, but we have to wait. It's Friday, but we plow ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, every time Biden signs an executive order, he's signing far too many of them, of course. He strips away more and more of our freedom and liberty. And uh, I warned about this Marxist tidal wave prior to the election, and now it's here full force. Now, if we act together, we can counter this spread, the spread of tyranny from this administration. First of all, I want to strongly encourage those of you who have not to acquire copies of American Marxism. Give them to your friends, give them to your colleagues, give them to your kids. And read it. 
I think you'll find it compelling. And I think you'll really want to do something about what's taking place in this country. It's the number one book of the year. It's going to remain the number one book of the year. Nothing is going to be able to catch it. That's because of you. And it was number one on the New York Times bestseller list for two and a half months, beating all comers from all directions. And uh, I want to encourage you to participate. This is a movement. That's what we've built here, a movement. Without the Republican Party, without the media, without big tech, Twitter, and Facebook, of which I am not a participant, just you. Don't forget, hang with us. Join us next hour. I want to go down memory lane with you. Also, don't forget this Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, two great guests, Peter Ducey, Lawrence Jones, for the full hour, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. If you can't watch us live, you can always DVR us. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, The man who has left American citizens in Afghanistan. Is anybody talking about that anymore? You notice how it's off the front page? That's sickening. Shouldn't there be a count? I know Hannity does this. Shouldn't everybody? The day number of American citizens have been left in enemy territory as well as our Afghan allies, it, it's just unbelievable to me. But they're compassionate, these people. Oh, my God. Abortion, oh, yeah, it's, it's another compassion they have, more like an obsession. But the man who wants to run everything in this country and is destroying everything in this country, low IQ Joe, um, I just want to remember, he's really never changed. You know, many years ago, we put together a montage of Biden's gaffes. Many years ago, we were the first to pull up. I went and dug it up with Mr. Producer. Uh, 1988, when he was asked about his academic record, many years ago, pulled up an NBC News story in 1987 about his plagiarism. And that's why when I was on an Amtrak train, my wife and I, minding our own business, and I decided to get out of my seat and walk towards the back of the train. There was Joe. And I said, hello, Mr. Vice President. And he says, you're a smartass. Okay, and you're a dumbass. But there we are. What can I say? But that's why. Because we've mocked him and mocked him and mocked him for years, haven't we, Rich? Well, I want to spend a little time going down memory lane. Not not just to be funny, because it's not funny. But this is the man, next week, this is what I said, all hands on deck for next week, who has said today at his press conference that he wants to change our economic system. I like our economic system. Too bad Joe Biden never actually participated in it. He just took the golden eggs. He didn't care about the golden goose. 
So let's take a good listen to this. Let's go. I'll label this one A. Go to A, please. Go. I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Do you realize every single thing he said there was a lie? Do you realize what a pathological lunatic you have to be? Every single... And he was 45 years old. Or what was he? Maybe younger than that. 43 years old. So you can't blame that on old age. Or lack of memory. These are just lies. It's pathological. So when it comes to our economic system, or when it comes to Afghanistan, things like that, this is who he is. This is what he does. This is what he's always done. And here's an NBC News report, again, dug this up many, many years ago, about Biden's plagiarism and his campaign and so forth. We don't have a media like this anymore. We have a few media outlets Fox, OAN, Newsmax, the New York Post, Washington Examiner, Washington Times, a few, and there are a few others. But the overwhelming, the vast majority of the media in this country are propagandists. Part of the support mechanism for the American Marxism movements. There's not a dime's worth of difference between major media and these movements. So this report you're about to hear... 34 years ago, is it? Yeah. You would never hear it today. Let's go to letter B. Go. While at Syracuse Law School, Biden was involved in a plagiarism incident. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. He was given an F, but appealed to the faculty and allowed to repeat the course. He got a B. This comes in the middle of another controversy about boy. plagiarism in Biden's I, campaign speeches. Today he dismissed charges that he routinely adopts phrases uh, from other politicians' speeches, way, called it much ado about nothing. Style. Essentially, Biden said, everyone does it. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. But to the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump, for example. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society. It cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. This is how it sounded when Robert Kennedy said those words in 1968. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children the quality of their education, for the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. And it goes on and on and on. And this man's in the Oval Office. And he's worse. Then we put together his gaffes. If we put together his gaffes today, we'd be here all year, quite frankly. But this is back in... Relatively early 2020, we stopped around March 2020 because it was getting, the list was getting too long. Let's go to letter C. 
Go. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. I, I'm not going to be a mule. I, 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 I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. I tell you what, stand up for Chuck. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. Because we cannot get reelect, we cannot win this reelection. Excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump. At any rate, uh, the fact is that, uh, um, I even forgot what the hell I was going to say. I want to be clear. Mumbler. I'm not going nuts. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's not alone in Washington, D.C. But he is a standout when it comes to incoherence, gibberish, and the like. He's not the only one, but he's the primary one. And over the years, almost 20 years on radio now, I've been collecting these mumblers the way some people collect stamps and coins and gemstones. Let's go to number, or excuse me, let's go to letter D. Go. What are they, can you get a funny the ghost track? They have an eye. It calls when, if you, they just gave, you gave them. Tweet the, the. Withdraw, bringing U.S. home troops from home. And, and, and the, the, the. You know, you know, you, 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 you need somebody. Wait, so, uh, what, finally, what? Uh, uh, um, oh, of, 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 un, uh, of, of, about, uh, budget. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that. Be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the. Well, I was a strip. Was it him? Well, I, 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 I didn't. If, 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 if we, if we, you know, it, it uh. You know, it, 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 it. We can walk and chew gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. True and international average of pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. <laughs> and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, to <coughs> private private uh, 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 economic. Uh, Oy, oy, oy. These are the brainiacs of the of the world, right? 
All right, when we come back, Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci says something to Gloria Estefan, which is so outrageous. I, I, I just want, is this guy really a scientist? Is he really an expert? Doesn't he sound more like a quack? Not that he is, of course. But I want you to listen to this. I'll be right back. All right. No, I want to do this Anthony Fauci first. Now that I'm thinking about it. I'm playing this because I want you to hear what Fauci says about people who have natural immunity who had the coronavirus and have the antibodies. And there have been studies, particularly the study in Israel, which is comprehensive, that says that if you have natural immunity, you have the antibodies, your protection is 27 times that of the vaccines. This is why you despise Fauci. This is why you don't trust the federal government. This is why they have really done a horrific thing in terms of their propaganda to the American people. Cut 19, go. I was COVID positive November 8th. I tested negative the 22nd and 24th. So I wasn't eligible yet for the vaccine because of my age. And they told me to wait three months. Why wait three months? Is it is it because it's harmful or is it because we still have immunity and we didn't want to waste the vaccine or any other reason? So, Gloria, theoretically, the situation is that you're making... Um, uh, antibodies against the COVID protein. All right, let's start. It's not theoretical. It's science. It's a fact. So you're not theoretically making antibodies. You've made antibodies. The human body is remarkable. You've made antibodies against the COVID proteins. Go ahead. Itself is the spike protein of the coronavirus. And the concern, theoretically, is that if you have a lot of level of antibody, it's gonna bind to the protein and diminish the effect of the potency of the vaccine. That's only a theoretical consideration. How long did they ask you to wait? They told me three months, but I know for a fact I still have immunity because I've gotten immediately yeah. tested. I, I would not wait any longer, uh, Gloria. I believe that the advantage of getting the boost from the vaccine far outweighs the theoretical possibility that your own existing immunity is going to interfere. Nobody's saying your own existing immunity is going to interfere. Or maybe they are. It's a lot more straightforward than that, ladies and gentlemen. If you had the virus, you have the antibodies, you have immunity. That doesn't mean you can't get sick from a variant. And if you have the vaccine, that doesn't mean you can't get sick from a variant. It's like the flu vaccine. But that said, I wouldn't wait any longer. He t- he's not her doctor, number one. Number two, he's wrong about the science. Number three, does Gloria Estefan have a podcast, or what is she doing in this, Mr. Producer? What's, what's going on here? A podcast? She's on YouTube? But anyway, Fauci will travel anywhere to do an interview, except he won't come here anymore, will he, Rich? His schedule is way too busy. We get this all the time. It's like Paul Krugman, 
or Crudman, whatever the hell his name is, at the New York Slimes, takes a shot, but won't come on the air because he's a coward to defend it. That sort of thing. But I'm playing this for you because it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right. Let's go to Joe, Beckville, Texas, the great WBAP. Joe, how are you, sir? What an honor, sir, and a teacher. And you, you speak for me, even though I'm just, um, you would have made a great Marine Corps officer because you say what you mean, what you mean what you say, and you have some honor. Thank Back you. when, uh, I'm not going to get into that, but simplify, sir. Well, and, aren't you uh, kind? Mark, I'm, I'm really worried mm-hmm. for my children, not for mm-hmm. me. I'm sliding around third base in life. I've got some health issues. Mm-hmm. I honorably served. And um, I'm from a family that loved God. And uh, my dad was a World War II vet. My great, my grandfather, you know, fought. And uh, it um, really upsets me what's going on. I have most of your books. They're treasures. They're packed away because I just moved. It was tough because I'm disabled now. And I couldn't even pay people to help me. I mean, able bodied men. You couldn't get help. On their keisters. Mm-hmm. No, hell no. You know, I finally got help. It took me four months to move because uh, my children are grown. I mean, they're busy. They got lives, and we live so far away. And we were moving back home to Texas. I had moved up there, and we worked hard, Mark. I'm not going to get into me, but there's three distribution, and your comments on everything are, is how I wish I could convey to my loved ones and others the generation that we came from was taught by people that fought for freedom, and it was life or death. Mm-hmm. And probably the, the thing that got me was my dad, how much he loved America. He never voted for a Democrat in his life. Mm-hmm. And when I joined the Marine Corps because as, as a kid when I was 17, he cried. And the mm-hmm. only time I'd ever seen him cry before was when his mother died mm-hmm. and when JFK was assassinated, and he didn't even vote for it. Mm, that no, it was horrific. Yeah, and those those guys were heroes to me. Mm-hmm. And we grew up poor. And we, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I was a little smart mouth when I was a kid, and I was in a mm-hmm. baseball game. And the umpire called me out for being a smart aleck and embarrassed me because my dad could never come to my game because he worked so hard and threw me out of the game. And I Jeez. sit over there in my shame and was so embarrassed. And after the game, everybody left. I'm still sitting there, and he walked over there. This guy was an Iwo Jima vet, okay? Wait a minute. Who was an Iwo Jima vet? This umpire. I can't even remember. Oh, really? I'm only mentioning that because my grandfather fought an Iwo Jima, too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We have about 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Mark, it's defined my life. I'm going to buy five books of American Marxism. No, no, you can't afford that. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Mr. Producer, send up what I can do is send you two signed copies of American Marxism, one for you and one for whomever else you want to give it to. And I want to thank you for your service. I'm sorry you're going through all this right now. And, uh, and you take care of yourself, my friend. We'll be right back.
If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. All right. I want to take Mark calls, but before I do, you remember all the talk in the media as the Taliban were taking over, as Joe Biden surrendered, uh, and all the mayhem that resulted from that? And remember how the media said, well, maybe that's the Taliban 2.0. Taliban 2.0. It's a bizarre phrase, that 2.0 crap, but they say it all the time. Have the Taliban turned over another leaf? Uh, are they the same Taliban? So you had vets who fought them, so they didn't turn over a new leaf. You had vets who lost limbs. No, 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 they're the same. You had vets who were in combat against them. No, no, these are, these are loathsome throwbacks to the 7th century. There's no Taliban 2.0. They are terrorists. They were part of the reason we got attacked on 9-11, a big part. They're allies with the Al-Qaeda. Oh, no, no, no. Ah, maybe they turned over a new leaf. You even heard this from the Secretary of State, National Security Advisor. Uh, they're very businesslike. Oh, oh, I see. Well, here's this. This is from the, uh, I think the original origin of this is the, it is, the Associated Depressed. Taliban official. Strict punishment executions will return. I want you to think of this in the context of the men and women who assisted us during the war in Afghanistan, some 80,000 of them who were left behind. I want you to think about this. In addition to untold numbers of American citizens and green card holders, they're still there. They're still there. And the president's not questioned about it. Pasaki's not questioned about it. One of the founders of the Taliban and the chief enforcer of its harsh interpretation of Islamic law in other words, a jihadist fundamentalist. When they last ruled Afghanistan, said the Harnlai movement will once again carry out executions and amputations. Though perhaps not in public. Oh, at least they have some class. In an interview with the Associated Depressed, Mullah Nordin Turabi dismissed outrage over the Taliban's executions of the past, which sometimes took place in front of crowds at a stadium, and he warned the world against interfering with Afghanistan's new rulers. Remember how they were modernizing? They promised us women are going to be involved. We're going to have due process. We're not going to go after people. No, 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 that's not us. And the media wanted to believe in the White House. Oh, this is so sick. Everyone criticized us for the punishments in the stadium. But we've never said anything about their laws and their punishments. Ah, shut up, you throwback. No one will tell us what our laws should be. I'll tell you what your laws should be. Shove them. We will follow Islam and we will make our laws on the Quran. Since the Taliban overran Kabul in, in August 15th. Uh, no, they, they, we surrendered. And seized control of the country. Afghans and the world have been watching to see whether they'll recreate their harsh rule of the late 1990s. No, no, only the morons wondered. Only they wondered. The hardline worldview, well, they're back. But now they have new technologies, new ways to torture people and slaughter people, and lots of them. Tarabi, now in his 60s, was justice minister. Yeah, what a phrase. And head of the so-called Ministry of Propagation of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. Effectively, the religious police during the Taliban's previous rule. 
The world denounced back then the Taliban's punishments, which took place in Kabul's sports stadium, on the grounds of the sprawling Iyaga Mosque, often attended by hundreds of Afghan men. It is amazing how Kamala Harris and Waters and all the rest who look at our border and see slavery don't comment on any of this in Afghanistan. Executions of convicted murderers were usually by a single shot to the head and so forth. Trials and convictions were rarely public. The judiciary was weighted in favor of Islamic clerics. But he said this time, including women, would adjudicate cases. No, they won't. Here's what he says yesterday. Cutting off of hands is very necessary for security. He said, saying it had a deterrent effect. He said the cabinet was studying whether to do punishments in public and will develop a policy. Good to have a policy. Could they have a policy? Recent days in Kabul, Taliban fighters have revived a punishment they commonly used in the past, public shaming of men accused of small-time theft. At least two occasions last week, Kabul men had been packed into the back of pickup trucks, their hands tied. They were paraded around to humiliate them. In one case, their faces were painted to identify them as thieves. In the other, stale bread was hung from their necks or stuffed in their mouth. It's immediately clear that what their crimes were. Hmm. Wearing a white turban and a bushy, unkempt white beard, the stocky Tarabi limped slightly. Who cares? During the previous rule, he was one of the group's most ferocious and uncompromising enforcers. He is a killer. He's an executioner. He was notorious for ripping music tapes from cars, stringing up hundreds of meters of destroyed cassettes and trees and signposts. Sounds like a fruitcake on top of everything else. Mass murdering. I better watch it. So I think we now have our answer. It's not Taliban 2.0, ladies and gentlemen. And remember how the media were trying... ISIS-K, watch that ISIS-K, my God. You know, they're at war with the Taliban. Well, maybe they are. But, you know, the Taliban are more modern. Taliban 2.0, we're watching to see. We're watching to see. But ISIS-K, they're all pieces of crap. They're all cockroaches. So I guess they were wrong. Weren't they? Yes, they were. Let's continue, shall we? Let's go to Dale, Cleveland, Ohio. I've been to the Cleveland Clinic there. It's a nice town. XM Satellite. Dale, how are you, sir? Well, Mr. Levin, it's quite an honor. And I just want to thank you for the education and knowledge I've gotten over the last 10 years since I retired. I listen to you three hours a day, five days a week, as well as Life, Liberty, and Levin, which is always great. And you have given me the knowledge and ability to pick fights with Democrats, and I cherish every opportunity. Honest to God, I'm telling you, uh, Mr. Levin, uh, uh, they can't defend a position. And I know I've won my argument because at the end of the conversation, the only thing they have left is to call me an anti-vaxxer, a climate change denier, oh, or a racist. racist. Yeah. You know, and and what? Yeah, and if you're talking to an idiot, I'll wear those labels like a crown. Mm-hmm. And as far as this bum we have in the White House, um, I spent 13 months in Vietnam in 1969 and part of 1970, Thank and you. to have Afghanistan go the way it did. It breaks my heart. I mean, my turn. And it's not over. The people now who are behind those walls, behind those lines, who are begging to get out, 
brutalized, their lives turned upside down, no little girl is safe, no little boy is safe. They molest little boys and little girls. It's just, it is, it is sickening. And what jo- and Joe Biden said today, he said he's perfectly comfortable with the outcome. What he did, he would never do it a different way. This is the kind of a, of a sick man that we're dealing with in the Oval Office. No apologies. Nothing. Everything he did was correct. Uh, and uh, you had people in the House that wanted to... Uh, uh, get rid of the Iron Dome to protect our greatest ally in the Middle East. And I guess they try and kind of put it back in. But I, if, if that isn't the most disgusting thing I've ever heard, the only people in the Middle East... And, and, and so you have these uh, anti-Semites in the Democrat Party and the media do not call them out. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, no. Uh, uh, the Democrats on, on, on the House and the Senate, they're all anti-Semites. It, 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 well, not all of them, it's, but, it's but too many of them. It, Listen, I really appreciate your call, Dale, and your service to our country. Thank you. Don't hang up. I've got to go to a break. We want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism, ladies and gentlemen. It's available any, everywhere, including on Amazon. It is, it is a, a fantastic read, if I say so myself, but you don't have to believe me. Read the over 15,000 comments, five stars, on Amazon, and spread the word. Now more than ever, we have a big battle coming up next week. We have more battles following. We have elections coming. Spread the word. The fact is that the ruling class and the establishment and all the rest of them in Washington, even a big significant percentage of the conservative movement, they don't even know this is going on. That's to our advantage. I'll be right back. You know, every Friday at the end of the program, I say a number of things, including the names of the wonderful dogs that have passed in our family. Well, another passed today. After 11 years on Earth, dogs never live long enough, do they? And he's my son Chase's dog. His name was Indy. Indy. My son's 31. He's had this dog since he was 20. When he lived alone and he was going to college in California. And it was his little boy. was his best friend. It was a husky. And I felt like I was the dog's grandfather. The sweetest dog. The most obedient dog. Except now and then when he could get outside, it would take a run. We'd have to try and track him down. But I know, I know my son is, uh, you know, suffering tonight. It's one of the hardest things you can do in life. We've talked about this before. I still haven't gone, uh, you know, gotten over mine. That's why I read them every Friday night. And so I will be mentioning Indy now, among the list of those who perished. And he had a huge tumor that was preventing him from breathing in the end. Uh, It was cancerous. My son went along with some chemo, which seemed to do okay for a little while, but he knew the days were numbered. And today, the breathing was just too difficult. 
and the signs were obvious that either he helped help move him along to the Rainbow Bridge or he would suffer getting there himself. This is always a difficult decision for all of us. I write about this in Rescuing Sprite. We've talked about it many, many times. Some of you listening to me right now, you had to do this today or yesterday or last week. I'm enormously sympathetic to you. And so, I wanted to mention that tell Chase, my son, I love him, and and we're all going to miss Indy. A fantastic dog that just wasn't with us long enough. And this is for you.
hope to see you Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, with Steve, with uh, Peter Ducey and Lawrence Jones. It'll be a fantastic Life, Liberty, and Levin. If you can't watch it live, maybe you'll DVR it. And I want to wish all of you who are in the same situation as my son, uh, Godspeed. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Indy. And good night, Barney. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. 